Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen, TGIF. Yes, indeedy. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today, especially today because this is one of our favorite days here at G's Power Hour. It is time for Friday in the Garden, and who else but Mr. Robert Bowden, Executive Director of Harry P. Lou Gardens, to join us again and give us the... 411 on the garden. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing very well. Thank you. It's already uh, warm this morning. So uh, we're yeah. going to have to get that work done. Get that work done before the sun gets up there. And uh, after lunch, you can kind of breeze the rest of the day. But anytime before noon is a good time to garden in Orlando. I try to get my husband to do that. He just hasn't gotten it yet. And like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> get get out there, get it done, and you know, come back in, take a shower, you know, sit up, watch your favorite <laughs> movie, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> just get it done. Get her done, as they turn, used to say. Turn on a western and let her rip. Oh, you sound like my mom and him because he they they both are big western fans. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite? Oh my goodness! Uh, probably. Oh boy, that's hard. Um, you know, just <laughs> as a TV, as a TV series, probably um, Bonanza, or mm-hmm. um, they have um, on one of the TV shows they have Death Valley Days. That's those are half-hour shows. They go back in oh, the yeah. late fifties. Wow, so that I really is, like yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, that's way back. In a movie, of, what do you think of any probably, of the new westerns? Um, not so much. Okay, so yeah. you you probably you know, are not a a Yellowstone fan then. I, you know, I've I've never seen a a single oh, really? episode. No. Oh, okay. All right. No, I've you know I've seen Tombstone is a good one. I've seen that many times. Oh, okay. But, I have to look at yeah, that. Yeah, I never, never saw Yellowstone. Okay. And then what about, um, you were saying, movie? You have a, a favorite um, Western movie? Yeah, that would be Tombstone, I think. Tombstone. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Wyatt Earp. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's a and couple of those Wyatt with, um, Earp movies. What's that? I said, there's a couple of those uh, Wyatt Earp movies out there. A few of them. Oh, yeah. 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 So... I thought this well, was a gardening show. <laughs> That's where we're getting to right now. So today, I wanted to focus more on what I call the ABC of herbs in the garden. So I guess what I want to kind of get get a breakdown of is what's good for what when it comes to using um, uh, herbs out of the garden for what food. So... I was going to just try to run down the alphabet. Some alphabets have uh, more than others, but uh, let's start with, is it anise, A-N-I-S-E? Yes, uh-huh, yep. Okay. Um, what can you tell me about it? Anise, it's, a, it's more of a, a Mediterranean um, uh, spice, and um, usually um, you boil it um, in a cream or uh, – uh, to extract uh, the juice, or uh, you can take the seeds and you can crush them, and uh, usually you put them in a sort of a crisp 
Um, I know one of the recipes I use, you use it in a crisp um, pastry, almost like a cookie, and use it in dessert. It's really quite good. It's a very unusual flavor to it, um, but it's very, very good. And unfortunately, uh, that's not one that you can grow well here. Ah, okay. So left to the store. So. Yep. All right. Are there any others in the A that we should be aware of? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Agastache. Agastache is an A-G-A-S-T-A-C-H-E. That's where you get whorehound candy from. Mm. So that's an option. Yep. Okay. That's an option, yep. Maybe I don't that. know any I'll other A's offhand. Okay. Well, let's head to B. I have a question about basil because it seems yeah. like there's multiple types of basil, um, especially when I'm right. trying to buy plants. So can you talk a little bit about basil? I sure can because basil is um, one of those plants that is very, very easy to grow. Unfortunately, um, now um, basil has a a disease called downy mildew, and it affects all basils uh, or all sweet basils. You know, there's different kinds, basic types of basil. There's the sweet basil, which we're all familiar with that we use on pizzas and in uh, pestos and things like that. But there's other basils like uh, holy basil, uh, which is used in uh, different ceremonies, and also um, an African blue basil, which is more of a a shrub. Um, Neither of those are susceptible to the disease that I'm going to talk about, but um, about eight or nine years ago, um, this downy mildew showed up on basil. And uh, what happens is that this, it's an airborne fungus, and it attaches itself to the underside of the basil leaves. So you don't even know it's there until after several weeks after you plant a, a plant that you either buy at the store, you pull out of your greenhouse and plant it in the ground, all the lower leaves start to turn bright yellow. And then uh, some of the leaves further up will actually turn black. Now, the good news is you can go ahead and use those yellow leaves and the leaves with the black splotches on them. You can use those in cooking. So if you want to put some on top of a, of a pizza or you want to um, put them in a pesto, it's fine. It's not going to bother us. But ultimately, that will kill the plant. And there is nothing that you or I can do to correct that. It's fatal. So what you need to do is plant basil in sequence. So I know you're going to be surprised to hear this, but um, I go to Publix and buy a basil plant. I put Mm -hmm. it in the ground, okay? Mm -hmm. And about three weeks later, I go to Publix and I buy another basil plant and I plant that one. So I plant basil plants about one month apart. And when I get down to the the end, the basil that I started with at the very beginning, it's probably dead or nearly dead, in which case you can pull that up and then you plant a new one in there. But you have to plant in succession so you have basil with you all the time. There is nothing that you can do to prevent it, and there's nothing you can do to um, control it once you have it. Uh, They're working on varieties that will be uh, immune to it. Uh, In fact, they've sent us um, four different varieties to try. Most of the work is going on at Rutgers up in uh, um, New Jersey, and they've sent Uh us the four varieties that show promise, but all four of those have died here as well. So we love basil. It's easy to grow but don't be surprised that it dies and there's nothing nothing you can do about it. And when you say basil is fatal, that's fatal to the plant, not 
not to humans. <laughs> the, the, That's correct. Um, That's the correct. disease. I mean, you'll the see. Disease. You can pick. Yeah. You can pick the yellow leaves off the ground and use them. You can pick those plants, those leaves that are black or partially mm-hmm. black, and use those. So, um, not a not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal at all. Good, good. So, um, bay leaves. Oh, but, but before we go to bay leaves, basil. Where does basil? Where did basil originate? I meant to ask. In the you Far that. East. Okay. In the, in the yeah in the Near East Mediterranean areas primarily. Okay. Yep. It's very right. popular in Italian and Creole dishes. Mm-hmm. So if you really I knew enjoy about Italian, I didn't realize in Creole dishes. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I ate at a Louisiana restaurant yesterday, and they have this little green powder that you um, sprinkle over your etouffee, and mm-hmm. um, um, I, it was very tasty, and it was a nice condiment. If you, you had to be very sparse with it, you couldn't put a lot on there. Well, it turns mm-hmm. out. That that's dried sassafras, which is a tree up north, and they dry the leaves and they make a powder out of it, and then they mm-hmm. sprinkle it on their on the food. It is really good. Wow. Yep. Okay. So you want to talk so about now, bay? Bay leaves. Okay. Bay leaves um, is also called laurel leaf or su- sweet bay, and it's a leaf from a shrub. So you grow it in a nice decorative pot, and um, it, it, we have it growing in the ground and in a pot. And the whole leaf, I know we use in cooking. Um, I know we use it in uh, stew. It adds a nice flavor. It's used. I know it's used in a lot of French and Italian cooking, but uh, most of the time we use it in stews. And it's, I said, it can grow it in the ground. So it's basically just a green shrub with a dark green, evergreen leaves. Um, no special care whatsoever. Needs to be in full sun, and it'll do really well for you. And That's where did they leaves originate from? You know, I don't know. Um, okay. Not offhand. I know okay. in, it was used... Um, Either you've seen pictures of the uh, Romans and Greek mythology. Uh-huh. I know they used to make uh, head wreaths out of it. And it oh, was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a symbol of honor, I think. Mm, wonderful. So anything else in the bees before we go to the seas? Because there's a lot I want to ask you about in the seas. Oh, yeah. There's, a, there's an herb called bee balm. And, oh, okay. Um, Yep, and um, part it's of that, but I don't know what it's for. Part of it's uh, it's where you get bergamot from. Bergamot is what they use in yeah. in um, Oswego tea, and it has really pretty flowers. And there's different kinds of bee balm, but most of the time, um, it's a plant that grows about two to three feet tall, and we use it. We really don't use so much as the herb as we use it to bring in pollinators, because it has white, red, and pink or lilac flowers, mm-hmm. and it really brings the bees in, which is going to help your vegetable garden. So, okay. um, want to plant some bee balm in there. There's bee also balm. there's also a plant that does extremely well from seed, and that's called borage. Borage gets the flower gets about two that. feet tall, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's very attractive. Uh, it puts on either blue or white flowers, and it has uh, fuzzy uh, leaves about eight to ten inches long, uh, and it attracts pollinators too. But it's just um, really pretty. The flowers are edible, and that's what we use it for, and medicinally. You know, as a medicine, it's used mm-hmm. as an anti-inflammatory. But people use the flowers primarily. You know, they pick the blue or the white flowers and use mm-hmm. them uh, as decoration on on uh, salads. 
And I wanted to go back to the bee bomb. You talked about the bergamot. I know this bergamot is used in a lot of like um, beauty products, like maybe oh, is it? soaps, uh, bergamot. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it has uh-huh. a. I want to say almost an orangey smell, maybe. Um, but I've it seen does, it. It does actually. In, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I've seen it in in like some soaps and. Um, lotions and creams and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, do, see, a, I do see that in beauty products. It's a, um, how can I put it? It's a little spicy. It's it's mm-hmm. a, it's not a, a a warming thing. It's kind of spicy and spritzy, you know? Okay. It's nice, though. I like the, I like the fragrance. Mm-hmm. All right, let me get into the seas um, with herbs and spices in the seas. And let's start with, uh, I guess, let's start with cayenne. I'm going to start with the ones I know. <laughs> so. Well, cayenne is a um, is a pepper. Mm-hmm. And uh, peppers are very easy to grow in Orlando. They are susceptible to an insect called the chili thrip. It, it is a um, um, it's a small insect that you can barely see, but um, peppers do really well here. At any time, they need mm-hmm. um, a lot of um, nitrogen fertilizer. So the first number on the bag that says NPK, the N you need you need a fertilizer that has a lot of N in it. And uh, plenty of full sun and lots of water. Mm, and if you okay. can give all three of those, you're going to be, you'll do very well. Um, I have probably 75 pepper plants in my vegetable garden at home right now. Uh, most of those are yellow banana peppers, but um, I have so many peppers that the neighbors don't answer their door anymore. Uh, mm. Kind of like <laughs> zucchini up north, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the cayenne does really well, as all peppers do. I, I've mm-hmm. never tried a pepper that hasn't grown well here because of the full sun and the plenty of water and high nitrogen. Uh, you need to feed it about every three weeks with a high mm-hmm. nitrogen fertilizer, and it, it'll be fine. Now, one of the reasons I bring cayenne up, I mean, I'm not really a big, like, hot, hot, spicy person. I like a little seasoning and a little spice. But my understanding is cayenne is supposed to be good for uh, helping to regulate, like, things like blood pressure and cholesterol and stuff like that. So I always will sprinkle a little bit, like, sometimes when I'm cooking my eggs or in in other stuff. But I, I don't put a lot. Right. But I do keep it. Yeah. And cayenne isn't as hot as some of the others. We're growing uh, Trinidad Scorpion right now, uh, which is the hottest pepper in the world. And wow, you go by like what it. we call you, it goes by what we call Scoville units. So the higher the number, the more hot, the more heat is there. So mm. jalapenos like twenty thousand. Cayenne mm-hmm. is in that same neighborhood. The mm-hmm. uh, Trinidad Scorpion is 2.1 million. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you don't, you don't not eat to get those. one of those. <laughs> you use maybe just a less than a quarter of a tablespoon or a teaspoon uh, in a big pot of soup or stew or whatever it is you're making, you know, salsa. Uh, it's extremely hot. It's twice mm. as hot as a uh, habanero pepper or mm. scotch bonnet pepper. It's mm. very, very hot. Yep. Wow. Trinidad scorpion. Okay. Yeah. I will definitely keep away be careful. from that one. Mm-hmm. You don't want to eat okay. those whole, I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, another one that I want to ask about, because I, I, like I said, I, I'm familiar with a lot of the sea ones. Um, Cumin? Cumin. I've never grown cumin before, so I don't have a lot of information on that. Do you use it? Because I know you cook. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't use it very much. Um, oh, okay. In fact, I think I've only used it once. You know, if you're talking mm-hmm. about the seas, though, we shouldn't forget things Coriander. like uh, cat catnip. Catnip. Catnip okay. is in the mint family. You know, the kitties. Really? Kitties I've never like used that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you don't use it in cooking. You, you know, you make it for the cats. And we oh. we planted outdoors to attract the cats into mm-hmm. our garden to keep um, to keep the critters away, the squirrels. So catnip ah. and uh, um, bird feeders, not bird feeders, mm-hmm. um, um, uh, bird baths. Uh, mm-hmm. We we keep in the garden to uh, the birds will keep uh, the bugs away, and uh, if you have a neighborhood cat. Uh, you want to put catnip in your garden, and that'll keep the squirrels away. Oh, okay. uh, one thing I grew last year for the very first time is caraway. You know, caraway seeds. Caraway seeds that yeah. you use in um, breads and soups and sauces and so on, pickles. Mm-hmm. Um, super, super easy to grow, and of course you just let it grow and grow and grow all summer. It actually grows year-round here in Central Florida, and you collect the seeds. When the, the thawers are finished, you collect the seeds and you store the caraway seeds in the jars or little bottles and keep them in your uh, spice rack. And they're, it's a very ferny, um, uh, lacy foliage, much like dill would be. Okay. And it's super, super easy to grow. And it will grow. It's one of those that will grow very well in less than eight hours of sun. So if you don't have a lot of sun, caraway would be a good choice for you. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you about coriander. And is there a relation between coriander and cilantro? They're the same thing. Right. Okay. <laughs> so how do they coriander, stuff, I mean what makes it different? Coriander is the seed. Coriander from, is the seed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you have the stuff you make salsa with and then you let it go to seed and collect the seeds and that the seeds are called coriander. Okay. So you can go to the store and buy a small bottle of coriander seeds and grow your own um Cilantro. Really? I yep. have no idea. Okay. Yep. So you don't have to and go to the store and buy special seeds. You can just go to the go to the rack. There are you know, someday uh on your program we'll have to talk about all those plants that you can grow from uh, seeds and things that you can get at the grocery store. Oh, definitely. That would be, be a fun talk because you can Let's go to Let's talk about that super, in September. Remind me about that can, in September because I have something else for August, but yeah, definitely. No, no, no. Yeah, you can actually, uh, you know, you can go to um, the soup aisle and and grab yourself uh, some uh, package of black-eyed peas for about a buck twenty, and mm-hmm. you can plant those, and you can get black-eyed peas right now. I just you don't have to go to the store and buy or go online and buy special black eyed pea seeds. You can go right to uh, your grocery store and uh, plant black eyed peas, and you you don't have to buy them anymore. It's pretty cool. We we also need to have a, a show on peas and beans. That's just peas and beans. We definitely need to do that. But in the meantime, you're right because so, there's lots of different kinds of beans. Yes, there are. So. But in the meantime, yep. getting back to the coriander, so what do you use the coriander seed for versus using cilantro? And I understand there's cilantro and culantro. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Help me uh, out. One of, the, one of the best, most often asked questions during the summertime in Orlando, because we have so many cultures that all – sort of migrate to Orlando because um, they're, they're very welcomed and they bring with them all of their wonderful recipes. And uh, 
one of the most often asked questions in the summertime here is, why won't my cilantro grow in the summer? Well, cilantro is not a hot weather plant. It likes to grow in the fall, winter, and spring. But I, but I want to use cilantro in my salsa. What do I do? Well, then you plant another plant called culantro. So instead of C-I-L, it's C-U-L, culantro. And it grows much like a dandelion grows. The foliage just stays right at ground level and flat, uh, and the leaves are probably five to six inches long. And then it puts on this really weird, thorny flower. And, uh, of course, we don't eat the flowers, so as it produces these flowers, you need to cut those off, and you harvest the leaves. The leaves are about three-quarters of an inch wide and about, like I said, five inches, five to six inches long. And it's those leaves that you can chop up and use in your salsa. Culantro, C-U-L-A-N-T-R-O, likes spring, summer, fall. The hotter it is, the more rain it gets, and the more sun it gets, the more it's going to grow. It's one of those herbs that just absolutely loves hot weather and high humidity. So that's the difference between cilantro and culantro. Now there is there is a, a curiosity here. Some people, when they taste culantro, they taste it and they spit it out because they say it tastes like soap. Now, those people are what we call super tasters. And it's a genetic anomaly. They taste it. They taste different than you and I do. So most people, when they take cilantro and culantro, and you taste it, it tastes the same, like me. But some people, you give them a leaf, and they chomp on it, and then they have to spit it out because it tastes like soap. Those are called super tasters, and they taste things differently than we do. So if uh, you're, you happen to be a super taster, and the only way to find that out is to try some of these different plants like culantro, um, you're not going to want to grow that because you, you don't want to put that in your food. Isn't that curious? That is weird. That's that's, but that's. I mean, yeah. So that's. I guess someone with a very sensitive palate. But let me ask you this: Do some of our stores make the mistake of selling uh, culantro for cilantro? I guess it's possible. Okay. Um, you don't see culantro sold in many places. Okay. Um, you know. Um, and they're not, I don't know if they're selling cilantro now or not, but uh, culantro is not necessarily easy to find. It is, however, very easy to grow from seed. So you go online, um, and if you go to the stores right now, they won't have any culantro seeds either because it's, it's a very regional thing. It's very hot weather, um, and... If you go to like a Home Depot, um, you know, they're going to have lots of seeds and lots of things, but I will almost guarantee you they're not going to have cilantro. They'll have cilantro, but you just, as we've said before, just because it's for sale doesn't mean it's the right time to plant it. So you don't want to plant cilantro now. You want to plant culantro. So you may actually have to buy those seeds online. Okay. All right, and then uh, before we go to break, I want to ask you again about um, coriander in terms of since it's a seed, what do you use it for? And do you use it as a whole seed or do you use it ground? Um, you, I know you use it in uh, um, Indian recipes. Okay. Um, and it's, a, it's an annual herb, like we said, it's cilantro. 
Um, and it's, it has some medicinal uses, but it's, it's used a lot in uh, Indian recipes. Um, okay. I've, and I, I don't, I don't make many Indian kinds of food. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about another um, uh, spice uh, that's used in Indian recipes when we come back. We're going to take a quick break, and we may have to do a two-parter on this, but there's some interesting information to find out about the herbs and spices in our garden. We are here with Robert Bowden of Harry P. Lou Gardens here in Central Florida. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with Robert Bowden. He is the executive director of Harry P. Lou Gardens here in Central Florida. And we were not taking questions right now because this is pre-recorded today. But still, he's got, I don't want even want to really, really interrupt him because he's got a lot of good information. So I want to ask you, you we, we talked a little bit about coriander and Indian foods, and we talked a little about cilantro and colantro. Um, wanted to ask you about the curries, the curry family. Um, uh, and yeah. there's more than one. We we think about curry, we think about there's like yellow curry, but there's also red curry, which I've taken a really strong liking to. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just find, well, find it a lot more flavorful. But can you talk about yeah, those? Um, curry is not an herb. Curry is a combination of herbs that they put together to create what they call curry. Mm -hmm. So there is a plant, however, called the curry plant, and it has Mm -hmm. a a fragrance of curry, but it's uh, it's technically not used in uh, a lot of recipes. So when you get a yellow curry or a, a red curry like you use, uh, it's a combination of herbs that are put together to create what they call curry. So you can't go to the store and say, hey, I'm looking for a curry plant. Well, they'll sell you mm. one, but it's not one that you want to use in cooking. It's mostly ornamental, but it has a very, mm. very strong curry fragrance, but you don't mm. use it in cooking. Now, the the yellow curry that we see on the shelves, isn't it? Yeah. Um, isn't turmeric a component of that? What was that? Turmeric. Turmeric. Yeah, that's where it yeah. gets its yellow color from. Okay. Yeah. And I know we yeah. we skipped over to to the teas, um, and, and but I'll I'll ask you about turmeric later. But that, that's what my understanding was is that that is prob- that is one of the components, and that's basically. Uh, I, I, my understanding, primarily for color versus um, right, right. Uh, significance. Turmeric is really good for you, so you want to use that in smoothies and things like that. Right, right. I try to. I've gotten that too, and try to sprinkle a little bit in the, into a lot of stuff. Okay, let me see here. I've asked you about um, what about what, uh, well, what, about, want, what, what about chamomile. Chamomile, yes. Now, yeah. chamomile is supposed to be, because I have a lot of chamomile tea, it's supposed to be a good de-stressor, from what I understand. Yeah, in, it, in it, tea calm, it calms your nerves. Calms mm-hmm. your nerves. And both the leaves and the flowers 
are edible, mm-hmm. and you you know you just simply uh, you dry them and then you steep them like tea. It grows in um, a little bit of shade, but it really prefers mm-hmm. full sun. And you can even grow it uh, indoors if you want to put it on a shelf in your kitchen or somewhere where it's nice and bright. Um, you can grow chamomile super super easy. And mm-hmm. like I said, you use the leaves and the flowers. And uh, uh, what about chives? We did, I don't know if chives is really considered. No, we did not mention chives. Yes, and herb, there's a lot of seeds, aren't there? So chives are super, super easy to grow. Um, mm-hmm. We usually buy a package or two of chives, and we'll take a four-inch plastic pot, and we'll fill it nearly to the top of that and we'll sprinkle probably 15 or 20 seeds on that pot and cover it up with a quarter of an inch of potting soil. And Mm -hmm. so what you're going to have in that pot, you're going to have uh, 15 to 20 individual plants, um, but that's what you need. You know, you don't see a chive in a pot. You're going to see multiple chives. They're super Mm -hmm. easy to grow. Uh, And, again, they need full sun. And, you know, you can just continue. I've got chives in my vegetable garden that are probably every bit of four or five years old. And you simply just keep chopping the tops off uh, to use on your baked potato. Um, Mm -hmm. And you just keep chopping them off. They just keep coming back. They're, they're, They're a great, easy plant, a really good plant for beginners. If you've never grown herbs before, chives are super easy. And you can get chives from the grocery store in a pot, and you can plant those out in your garden, just like you do okay. celery and some other things. All right. Now, one thing that I found out recently about chamomile, I want to go back to chamomile, is that, and, yeah. and I'm still looking it up, everybody, because I love chamomile tea, but um, I, ha- I suffer sometimes from night congestion, and I used to, Drink chamomile tea in the evening. I understand that that might be something to watch out for when it comes to uh, if you get congested at night, if you're drinking chamomile tea, you might want to check it because my understanding is that chamomile might lead to a little bit of congestion at night. So no, I've never heard uh, of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna... It's a it's a, a plant that um, you know, if you can't get to sleep, you, you make a cup of chamomile tea and it puts you out like uh, an antihistamine almost. Mm, wow. Very soothing, calms your nerves. Yep. It's a very easy plant to grow and if you have yeah. trouble falling asleep, it's a great plant to grow in your garden. And I, and I notice a lot of um, some of these um, newer bath products have a lot of that too that they, they incorporate in there oh, uh-huh. because of uh-huh. the stressor. So... Well, going into the D's, I don't know if we're finished with the C's. I know there were several things I wanted to ask you about, but thank you for, for um, you know, taking that on. But D's, I wanted to ask you, because we talked about chamomile, isn't dandelion another uh, uh, well, plant that people use for, for teas? Dandelion, um, you can use a French dandelion. Um, okay. And you can make a, a tea, or I know um, chicory is also called dandelion, oh. and they use that uh, in uh, Louisiana. They use that a lot as an additive to coffee. And uh, oh, chicory so yes. is a is a native plant that puts on mm-hmm. uh, pale blue. Uh, flowers. The flower heads get about three feet tall. And uh, in cooler parts of the country, I would say north of Atlanta, let's say, you'll see um, chicory or dandelion, French dandelion growing uh, on the roadsides. But regular dandelion, um, I've never used it as an herb, but I have used... um, I have used the foliage in salads, and it happens to be one of my wife's favorite salad um, additions. She puts it in there; mm. it has a nice, nice flavor to it, and uh, you mix it in with your lettuce and other things. It's really quite good. 
You mentioned chicory. I did forget about that. And another one I forgot about but I want to go back to in the seeds is cloves. You didn't talk about cloves. And I know, like, I usually use um, cloves, whole cloves, to stick into, like, when I'm cooking ham for the holidays, I'll usually stick yeah. the cloves into the, the ham skin for the holidays. Um, it, and there's whole and there's ground cloves, and, and I, I really do in, enjoy the flavor of that. Um, can you talk a little bit about cloves? I don't know anything about cloves. You don't know anything about cloves. Do you use them? Yeah, in ham. Okay. And ham. Okay, so we're on the same page with that. Okay. Yeah, I really, I, you know, it's just I, I go to the store, I buy a clove, and I use it, but I've never um, I've never thought about what it actually is. So I have, what it actually is. apparently I have some homework to do. Uh-oh, okay, see, homework. I want to see what clove is. Okay. We're you never stop learning. No, never you never stop do. learning. I never do. No, I, I think it, it, it make life boring if you did, you know. So um, we, another we could talk about one, dill. I was getting ready to ask you about that. So yeah, yeah. Tell me where. Tell me more about that. Well, the good thing about dill is that can be it can be grown year round in Central Florida. You know, so many of these herbs. They're either cool weather or warm weather plants. You know, uh, chives would be one you should grow year-round. Dill is another one you can grow year-round. And um, you can use the the um, leaves or you can um, use the seeds, let it go to seed. Uh, we grow a lot of dill here at the gardens, and it's not necessarily just in the uh, herb garden or the vegetable garden. We also grow it in a uh, sort of an English, a Florida version of an English garden border, and it has very soft, frilly um, foliage to it. And it's one of those plants that you can put in the back of a border with all your other flowers, and it gives a you know just moves a little bit in the breeze. And it has that very, very finely divided foliage. And it's also an incredible plant to attract swallowtail butterflies. Um, I was in the garden earlier this week, and I happened to see uh, some dill in the border. And I looked at it a little closer, and we, and we selected 15 swallowtail caterpillars that were growing on dill, and we um, harvested the caterpillars in the plant and brought them into um, our um, butterfly habitat in the uh, in our welcome center, and uh, so people could see them up close eating all of my dill. So it's great for cooking, and it's also great if you want to uh, attract butterflies to your garden. They're um, it's a great plant for that, and they're very, very easy to grow. Sounds like a plan. All right, so moving, uh, are we still, do we still have something else to, to take on in the D section, or can we move on to the E? No, I think D's used up. D's done. So what about echinacea? Echinacea is a perennial flower. Okay. And it puts on uh, beautiful lavender flowers like a daisy does. But uh, instead of white petals, they're purple. And they've done a lot of work with echinacea in the last 15 years. So instead of the standard lavender color, uh, you'll see some that are mango color and some that are golden yellow, uh, some that are like a sunset red. There's lots and lots of uh, echinacea being used in the gardens. But because we live where we live, a lot of annuals that we grow um, will continue to grow year after year. So we call those perennials. And we have some perennials that don't like the heat. And, you know, perennials are supposed to be permanent. 
So when you plant them, they just keep coming back year after year after year. Well, echinacea or cone flower is considered to be a perennial in most areas of the country. But when you plant echinacea in Orlando, you plant it mm-hmm. in the springtime, and it blooms spring, summer, fall. Uh, you have to deadhead the flowers so it continues to repeat flowering, but um, it's going to disappear at the end of fall. And um, sometimes they will come back in the spring, but most often they do not. So echinacea is here in Central Florida is considered more of a bedding plant or an annual, and you plant it, and then uh, you'll have to replant something else uh, if over the winter. So it's really considered to be an annual here. Still pretty. You can still you know, have a lot of beautiful flowers on it, but don't expect echinacea to come back year after year like it does in other areas of the country. It won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that echinacea is one of those things that we keep try to keep as a staple because it's supposed to be good when you're a little bit under the weather. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's very popular, but we just mm-hmm. can't grow that plant here um, season after season. Uh, right. It just kind of poops out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I can understand that. This this summer heat will <laughs> make us mere mortals kind of poop out too. With all, all just yep. you know, especially if you yep. don't stay hydrated. Let's talk a little bit. If we've done with the ease, are we? Is it anything with? Um, are we? You tell yeah, me. We're done with the ease. <laughs> we're done with the ease. Okay. Anything in the F? Yep. There's fennel. Fennel. That's kind of a. My understanding is kind of a licorice. Tasting yeah, type of exactly, herb? Yeah, okay. exactly. And fennel yeah. comes in a variety of different uh, growing methods. One, um, it it just grows green, lacy foliage like dill. And there's also a bronze fennel, which is kind of, a, as the name implies, sort of a bronze color. It's very effective in a perennial border or in a container with other bedding plants and annuals. Uh, because it's very soft and delicate. Uh, It also attracts a very wide variety of swallowtail butterflies. So not only do you want it in your herb garden, but you want to put it in your butterfly garden as well. And you treat that just like you would um, any other fennel or any other herb in the garden. Um, There is a fennel. Um, that grows a very large bulb uh, above the ground. So all the foliage comes into this big white bulb that will eventually get the size of your fist. And uh, when we make a Tuscan bean soup, we will use a bulb of fennel, um, cut it up small like you would a, a white onion, and you saute that with onions, and then you add all the other things to it. And it's it's a wonderful, wonderful fragrant of flavor that most people uh, are unaccustomed to because, it has, like you said, it has that wonderful um, licorice flavor, but it's not so uh, strong that it's going to overtake the soup. It's just a really nice addition. And... Um, so there's two kinds of fennel, one that just produces foliage, and then there's the other one that actually produces um, the bulb itself. And uh, super, super easy to grow in the garden. And again, uh, it's very popular with butterflies. Good to know. I'm, I'm going to have to change up some stuff. Well, I've got to start my garden over again, but I got to change up some stuff in it so I can do some of those. What What else are we? Uh, I didn't because I didn't even didn't fennel didn't even dawn on me. I don't really use it that much, but I'm going to have to look into it a little bit more. Um, anything else in the F's that we need to look at? 
there's a few, but um, you know, there's fever few. Um, it's a it's a plant that produces white flowers, and it's used primarily in medicine, um, ah. especially uh, migraine headaches. And it's just um, I have a, a couple fever few plants in my wife's uh, white garden outside of the back door. Uh, little tiny, about the size of a dime, little tiny white daisy plants with a yellow center. And they grow, the flower stalks grow to be about 24 inches tall. And uh, they're quite nice, but they're a nice addition to um, a white garden. But Okay. And you say fever few? Fever few, yeah. And it's, where do you find it has that? A, well, you can find the seeds. Oh, really? Seeds. Okay. Yeah, you won't find the plant itself. But, okay. Um, Tiny little white flowers is really it's really kind of cute. Because I know, especially if it works toward migraines, I know a few people that might benefit from having that around. So I'm going yeah. to look into that. So. Um, and so let's move on to the G's. I'm going to look into that fever for you, though. Um, what do we have? Um, I've now I know in our uh, City Beautiful Orlando, there is a street called that's named after, I guess, a plant. It's called Goldenrod. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? I am. Goldenrod I, is a is a native flowering herb, and it's used primarily um, to attract pollinators. But um, if you use it as a medicine, it's primarily um, um, used as a diuretic, and ah. uh, I know some some people use it uh, to heal skin wounds, but most often it's used as a diuretic. Um, it's goldenrod that blooms primarily in the fall, and uh, goldenrod is the plant that gets blamed for hay fever in the fall. Uh, you know, because people make them sneeze and nose drip and everything. Well, it's really unfortunate because it's not goldenrod that causes the problem. It's just that it happens to be blooming that time of year, and people see that and they say, well, I'm a, you know, that's the plant that's giving me my hay fever, when in fact it's actually ragweed, mm-hmm. which doesn't put on a noticeable flower. That, that blooms at the same time. So it's not goldenrod at all. And there are some beautiful varieties of goldenrod. It's native to many areas around the country. And in Florida, there's probably 15 or 20 different types of goldenrod. Some only grow 18 inches tall, and I have some in my garden that are 5 feet tall. Uh, but they primarily bloom... Uh, in the fall, but that depends on the species. But it's a very nice plant, and it also attracts a lot of pollinators. So if you're trying to grow things like squash and cucumbers in your garden, you might want to think about planting some uh, goldenrod close by so it brings in the bees. Okay. Good to know. I didn't know that much about that, so that's good to know. Um, Anything else in the G family? Well, there's garlic. I don't know if that's herb, actually, but herb um, garlic is primarily grown in Southern California, um, and I've tried several times to grow garlic in the ground. And you know, the old phrase is you plant it on the shortest day and you harvest it on the longest day. And you can simply go to the store, buy a package of garlic, separate each individual little bulb and plant those about two to three inches deep. Um, they don't do very well. I've tried it on three or four different occasions. So um, really? I know, you know, there's sometimes I bring plants up that you should plant, and there's sometimes I bring plants up that uh, don't do very well, and garlic is one of those. Of course, one of my all-time favorites in the herb garden is the ginger. 
I absolutely love ginger, and there is nothing on this planet better than fresh ginger. Now, the first thing you got to do is forget about the ginger that you get in the store. That is awful. It's woody, it's pithy, it's too spicy, and it's just really nasty, nasty um, ginger. It doesn't taste anything like the fresh ginger that you get out of the ground. And this, um, it, it's it's a little uh, cumbersome, but you have to grow a, an edible ginger called zingiber. It's Z I N G I B E R. There's lots of ornamental gingers, and you don't want to eat those. But the the, the edible ginger called zingiber. Um, and you can buy them in the store as plants, and then you simply plant them in the ground. They perform better in central Florida in a large pot because I think the nematodes get to them. But um, I, I grow ginger from uh, plants that I dug up from my neighbor's yard, just a little piece, and I put it in a pot, and it grows very well. Full sun, uh, beautiful, tall 24-inch ginger foliage, um, and when you harvest it, you simply um, take a trowel or a knife and find some of those little rhizomes. They Most of them are just above or just slightly below the soil level, and you simply cut it off. You don't need much, and the great thing about growing it uh, in your garden is that it's such a fine bulb or rhizome that you simply wash it off and chop it up. You do not have to peel it. The The skin on the gingers that you get out of the ground are paper thin, and you don't need to peel them. You just chop them up. And one of my favorite dishes is a... Um, a black rice tofu soup that uh, I make for Thanksgiving. And to this day, my children don't know um, that there's tofu in this soup. Because if they did, they'd never eat it. But I get the firm tofu and cut it up into little half-inch size bricks. And then um, I use about two tablespoons of fresh ginger, that's a lot. And then I use black wild rice and chicken broth and grow all of that, you know, boil all that together. And at the end, there isn't a drop left. The people in my family are licking the pot. That's how good it is. But it's all about the fresh ginger. Uh, you, You have to find someone who has some, and get a, a small piece from theirs and then put it in a pot and grow it in the sun or in a raised bed even. Um, and as you need ginger, to simply go out and harvest a piece from the edge. And um, you'll thank me for that. It's one of those really special, special things that you can grow in your herb garden um, that you wish you'd grown sooner because it's that good. Well, Robert, thank you so much. So we got through A to D so far. We're going to, like I said, we're going to have to do another part with this because there's a lot to learn. Um, Lou Gardens, are you also, um, do you still do the free Monday thing at Lou Gardens? Yep, the first Monday of every month is free. Yep, sure is. And that's until, I think the last, I think it's until October. It would be the last time you can do that because then we start up. With our uh, our events uh, okay. for the fall and the winter, but um, okay. we we're having a lot of people visit the gardens both during the day and on mm-hmm. weekends. Uh, yeah. The building is under construction, so you'll have to be careful and read the signs where where you can go to pay to get in. I would highly recommend that you come uh, early in the morning. Lunch. Yeah, I early see in the people morning. go out in the gardens. 
at three in the yeah. afternoon and they they're yep. just wilted when they come in. But come yeah. in the morning, I think you'll enjoy it. Summertime is mm-hmm. a great time to see the tropical flowers in bloom. Robert, thank you so much. Robert Bowden of Harry P. Lou Gardens. And we'll do Friday in the Garden next month, too, God willing. Thank you, Robert. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. Be well, be safe, be blessed. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Make it all right. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.